Welcome to the podcast, season one, episode three. The first uh, two episodes, we discussed the peculiarity of a believer, and then we moved on to the power of vision. So understand first and foremost that you were created for such a time as this to perform a task that is unique to you. And that's why you're, the Bible says you're a royal priesthood. You're a chosen generation. You are not born in, uh, in this era, in this generation by accident. You have been strategically placed in position for now because God wants to do a mighty work through you. And then we discuss the power of vision. You know, just knowing that you're peculiar is one thing, but what are you uniquely designed for? What is the task God has assigned to you? What are you specifically placed on this planet for? You have to stick to your lane. The Bible says, let every man remain in the same calling in which he was called. So you have to find out what has God called me to do, and you have to stick to that calling. Take full heed unto the ministry that you've received from the Lord that you might fulfill it, that you might perform it that you might uh, accomplish it jesus the bible says he said my will or my my nourishment rather my meat is to do the will of god who sent me vision allows you to properly focus and concentrate your efforts your resources your 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 time and your energy towards your specific tailor-made calling but today we're going to talk about the anointing for exploits it's one thing to know what to do. It's quite another thing to get to work doing it and having the power to fulfill it, the power to get it done. The anointing of the Holy Spirit is the divine enabling of God in which he enables you or empowers you or uh, strengthens you to get a specific task done. Without the anointing of the Holy Spirit, we can do nothing. We are useless. Without the anointing of the Holy Spirit, I can't preach. I cannot do this podcast right now. I cannot study properly. I can't pray properly. I can't, I can't do anything properly. It literally is everything that I have to offer. Without it, I have zero to offer this generation. Without the Holy Spirit, the anointing, which is literally you rubbing and God rubbing on you. It's when you have the touch of God and God, you have touched God and God has touched you. The anointing is when you carry the scent of heaven, when you carry the presence, the tangible manifest presence of God in, uh, in your life, in what God has specifically called you to do. The apostles, had to receive an anointing in order for them to step out in the calling that God had for them. Remember, Jesus said, I'm going to send you out among, uh, among wolves as sheep. I'm going to send you out to the four corners of the earth to be witnesses for me. I'm going to, uh, I've assigned you and I've commissioned you to preach this great commission, this great gospel, which is to testify of my death, my burial, my resurrection, my ascension, and my soon coming return. But he said, tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are clothed with power from on high. The anointing is the clothing of power. When God puts a mantle of power on you to get the job done. Without it, the apostles would have failed miserably. Without it, churches to this day try to do a supernatural task of evangelizing the world uh, and relying on human strain programs or whatever natural methods we can we can uh, we can you know come up with but ultimately 
You can have the best lights, you can have the best speakers, you can have the best music, you can have the best concerts, you can have the best uh, buildings, state-of-the-art buildings, but without the anointing, you are literally just entertaining people for a short while. It will not produce lasting fruit. The Bible says very clearly, Jesus himself was anointed with the Holy Ghost and power, and he went about doing good, healing all that were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. Jesus did not do any miracles before he was anointed from heaven. Remember, he was born uh, by the Spirit of God. The Bible says in Luke chapter 1, The Spirit shall overshadow you, and the power of the Most High will come upon you, Mary, and that which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of the Most High God. At year one, Jesus was the Son of God, just as much as he was when he was 31, and doing miracles. At 25 years old, Jesus was the Son of God. He, he, was, um, he was born uh, God in the flesh. It was God putting on man. Philippians 2 says that he laid aside his glory, and he came in the appearance of man and humbled himself coming in, in the form of a bondservant. He became obedient to the point of death, even the death of a cross. So Jesus was the son of God at 25 and 26 and 27 years old. But notice that there is no miracles, no signs, no wonders, no uh, effect in ministry until he was 30 years old when the bible says he went to get baptized coming up out of the water the heavens were open and the spirit of god descended upon him like a dove and anointed him once that happened then he goes into the wilderness he fasts and prays 40 days and he returns luke 4 14 he returns so he got baptized in the holy spirit in matthew or in Luke 3 and Luke 4:14, 4, he returns in the power of the Spirit. Or another way to say it was he returns in the fullness of the anointing. Remember, John chapter 3, and I believe it is verse 32. I might be wrong, but the scripture says that God, he whom God has sent, John the Baptist referring to Jesus, whom God has sent, speaks the words of God, and God gives him the Spirit without measure. Jesus, when he was anointed, after uh, coming up out of the waters and fasting 40 days and 40 nights, returning in the power of the Spirit, he had an immeasurable amount of the anointing of God on his life. He did not receive the Spirit or the anointing by measures. We receive the anointing in measures. The Bible says in 1 John 2.20, if you are a believer, you have an anointing from the Holy One. So as a born-again believer, we have an anointing. We have been anointed by heaven. We have the Holy Spirit residing within us. Romans chapter 8 verse 9 says, if you don't have the Spirit of Christ, then you, do not, you don't even belong to Christ. You're not even saved. So if you confess yourself to be saved, if you believe that you have right standing before God, if you have been judged, justified by faith and have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, you have an anointing. But it doesn't take a rocket scientist to see visibly and evidently that there are people who operate at different measures of the anointing. There are some people who have a very basic anointing, and then there's others who blow the roof off. I mean, I can just speak in terms of preaching, because what I want to get in today is not necessarily just the anointing that God gives you to win the loss, not only the anointing to preach, not only the anointing to set the captive free, which the church has 
um, dominantly focused on, and that's, you know, the primary function of the anointing is to empower us to do what? Acts 1.8. You shall receive power after that the Holy Spirit has come on you to be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. But if you study the scriptures uh for if you start to dig deep into the scriptures and you start to read old testament and new testament alike that there is an anointing for the specific calling that god has on your life even if that is not a full-time ministry uh office that god has assigned you to there's a there is an anointing for business and we're going to get into that there's an anointing for sales there's an anointing for government if god's called you to a position of government if you study the old testament daniel shadrach meshach abednego were not preachers they weren't the high priests. they were not kings they were they were high officials in babylon as a result of the excellent spirit that was found in them so there's an anointing to be a good teacher there's an anointing to excel and perform at a high level no matter what god has called you to and the quality of results that you enjoy in life and in the mission god's given you is a result is totally dependent on the quality of of anointing that you function in and like I said before, you, you have some, you know, I'm a preacher, so I noticed this in, uh, in preachers. There's some preachers who can get up on a Sunday morning and they can have the most skilled delivery of a message. They are excellent communicators. They know how to articulate whatever they're trying to, you know, whatever point they're trying to bring across and they're trying to convey, they know how to do it in a skillful manner. They don't know how to do it uh, better than TED Talk givers. You know, like they're, they're excellent communicators, but there's no anointing. Nobody's getting saved. Nobody's getting delivered. Nobody's getting set free. And I've made it clear to God that I don't want to be an ec only an excellent articulator, although that is very important because the scripture says that by the sweetness of the lips, you increase learning in others. So it is important. I'm not saying if you're anointed, it doesn't matter if you don't even sound coherent when you open up your mouth. As long as you're anointed, it doesn't even matter if you just make cow sounds as you get up to preach. God's going to save. and No, that's not how it works. The Bible says that a wholesome tongue is a tree of life. The scripture says the tongue of the wise brings health to where the ambassador, a good ambassador brings health and the tongue of the wise promotes health wherever you're speaking. So, and the righteous, the mouth of the righteous is like choice silver. So there should be excellent articulation. I'm not saying you should be slack in your delivery of the word and not even matter if you make sense or not. No, you should work hard. You should develop the gifting. If God's called you to preach, you should develop the gifting to preach um, and do that by studying others who are good communicators. However, being a good communicator is not what gets the job done, especially in preaching. You have to be anointed. Jesus, they, were, they marveled at his teaching, and they were astonished because his preaching was not like the religious scribes. The religious scribes knew how to um, beautifully speak the, uh, of uh, the, the lessons in the Torah. They knew how to convey the message of the Pentateuch, but they didn't have power. They took note of Jesus because he wasn't just a skilled communicator. They, they were astonished at his preaching for it was with power, exousia. It came with divine ability. It came with divine authority. And that's what set him apart. That's what distinguished him. What distinguishes Christians on the earth today is the resurrection power of Christ, the anointing of God working in and through us. Philippians 2, the Bible says, God who is at work in you and through you. A lot of people, especially in a, you know, 
in, in charismatic circles, we've preached the, at the anointing to set people free. And so we've talked about the anointing to people, the anointing that God has given to, the Bible says, lift up the heavy burden and break the yoke of captivity. But there's an anointing that, yes, is to you that breaks the chains of the devil off your life, but then the anointing wants to flow through you. God does in you what he inevitably and want, and, and uh, is desiring to do through you. So the more you yield to that anointing, the more you, you, you sit under the teachings of the gospel and you see how Jesus operated, the more you're going to see that anointing flow in and through you. And that is God's desire, not for a specific group of individuals. That is not a desire that God has for his elite, quote unquote, in the church. God doesn't have an elite. God has, the Bible says, these signs that come by the anointing will follow them who believe, those who are called by God. And if you're saved, you've been called by God. And remember, the Bible says many are called, few are chosen to operate at that level of power. God doesn't decide the amount of anointing you operate in. You operate in. You decide how much of the anointing functions through your life. You decide whether you want to be a vessel for dishonor of wood, hay, and stubble, uh, uh, or do you want to be a vessel for honor, a vessel of gold, a vessel that is sanctified, that is prepared? God's not going to prepare it for you. You have to prepare yourself to be a vessel for honorable use so that you might be proved unto every good work. So, very important to understand that it's not great sweat that produces great results in life. It is a great anointing that's going to produce great impact no matter what you're doing. The anointing is what turns you into another man. 1 Samuel 10, 6, the scripture says that Paul, uh, Saul, King Saul, when the Holy Spirit came on him, the hand of God came on him, he began to prophesy and it says he was turned into another man. So what the anointing does is it converts your weaknesses into strength. A lot of people, and I'm going to read it actually, in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 12, also, if you're listening to this right now, it'd be encouraging if you would share it on your Instagram, your social media uh, that you're listening, and uh, hopefully, you know, people that are that are, that follow you will uh, will tune in and and be blessed by this as well. Let me know that you're listening. Tag me in it. I'll reshare it. And uh, thanks for doing that. Second Corinthians chapter twelve. Listen to this. It is doubtless. This is Paul speaking. It is doubtless not profitable for me to boast, but I'll come to visions and revelations of the Lord. Let me skip, actually, for the sake of time, to verse 7. And lest I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of revelations, a thorn in the flesh was given to me, a messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I be exalted above measure. Concerning this thing, I pleaded with the Lord three times that it might depart from me. And just a quick note, this is not talking about sickness or disease. If you read or, you know, poverty or lack or any other thing that the curse represents in Deuteronomy 28, this is talking about... Uh, a group of persecutors that followed him from city to city. How do we know that? Read 2 Corinthians 11, but that's not where I'm going today. Concerning th this thing, I pleaded with the Lord three times that it might depart from me. And Jesus said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will most gladly rather boast of my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Now, some people have read this scripture and they've taken it as, you know, Paul was very open about his weaknesses, that everywhere he went, he just talked about how weak, how defeated, how miserable life was for him. But, you know, God's grace just carried him through it all. No, that's not what Paul was saying. He's saying that 
I have weaknesses and I realize that if you think you have no weakness, then you're prideful and you know nothing yet as you ought to know. The Bible says, if you think you've arrived, you haven't even begun. My grace, so Jesus replies to him and he says, my grace is sufficient for you for my power, my anointing will be made perfect in the areas that you're weak. So Paul is saying, I don't ignore my weaknesses. I bring them up to God in prayer and I ask him for fresh oil to empower me to excel in the areas where I was once weak. And that's why he says, therefore, verse 10, where I am weak, I'm now strong. So Paul wasn't saying I'm a, I'm a very weak person and ultimately, you know, I'll never get anything really great done for the Lord because of all these infirmities. And um, I want you to know that no matter the weakness you have, just know you, you're not the only one in that boat. I'm No, he was saying no matter the weakness you might have and you think you have or you really do have, be vocal to God in that area. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. Tell him, Lord, this is an area that I need help with. And the anointing will supplement that area by infusing God's very own power and strength. His DNA overwhelmingly taking over in that area so that where you were weak, now you're actually stronger than the areas you thought you were strong before. And then when you start to realize that, you, you realize that my strengths, even in comparison to God's strengths, are, are nothing. They're very, very big weaknesses. And when you realize that, you're not just going to ask God for strength in the areas where you're weak. You're going to want God to perform through you in the areas where you even see yourself as talented and gifted so that it's no longer you that worketh, but Christ working mightily in and through you. That's why Zechariah 4.6 says that it is not by might, Meaning it's not by your efforts, it's not by sweating a lot of sweat, it's not by you burning the midnight, uh, midnight oil, it's not by you waking up early in the morning that's going to get the job done, although those things are good, and they're diligent practices, it's going to be the anointing. And you have to be careful that when God starts to work through you, you never take credit, never take glory for what God does through you, because the moment you do, you forfeit his hand of help, and then who will help you? And then people will realize that it was never you in the first place. And that's why pride comes before a fall. So be humble and you'll position yourself to receive that anointing for exploit. So I want to go through in the remaining minutes. I want you to know, first and foremost, what does the anointing do? Number one, the anointing will lead you. The anointing will lead you. Jesus said, when the spirit of truth shall come, he will guide you into all truth. He will lead you. He'll guide you by still waters. He'll, you know, life doesn't have to be trial and error. You don't have to, uh, you know, venture out into the unknown and hope you fall on something. No, that's not the way God has wired his, his children to operate. We are to operate on a higher frequency than the rest of the world operates. I've said it many times. We're not like this world. Our lives should not look like the rest of the world. Our lives should be distinctive. Our lives should be very different because our God is very different. By the anointing, he'll lead you. He'll lead you around turbulent waters. He'll lead you around problems and obstacles. He'll lead you that if you didn't have that leading, you would have, felt, you would have fallen headlong into troubles and unnecessary struggles. But by the anointing of the Spirit, those who are led by the spirit of god these are the sons of god romans 8 14 he'll lead you and he'll never lead you backwards he'll never lead you downwards he'll never lead you into thorns and thistles he'll never lead you into into uh trouble he always leads you into a way of escape he leads you the bible says the way of the lord windeth upward for the righteous he leads you 
into a better place. He didn't lead Abraham out of his father's house into a land that was um, rough and full of rose thorns. And everywhere he went, he was you know, pricking his feet. No, the Bible says he was leading Abraham into a land flowing with milk and honey. He brought Israel out of the house of bondage and into, into a land flowing with milk and honey. If you look at the apostles, they were non-entities. Nobody knew who they were. They were just fishermen, tax collectors, pretty much uh, the bottom of the barrel in society. But what happened? When God led them, when he said, follow me and I'll make you, God will make you, make something out of you. If you feel like you're a nobody, then great. You're right in the position where God can start to use you. And when he starts to use you and he leads you, he makes you into a somebody that where you had no influence, you now have influence. Where you had no... Um, no um, where you had no influence, you have influence. And where you had no ability to lead others, now by the anointing leading you, you're now leading others. You have leadership. So number one, he leads you. Number two, he teaches you. The Bible says in 1 John 2, 27, you have an anointing and you have no need for any man to teach you. But as that anointing teaches you all things, so also abide in him. The Bible says... Um, in Psalm 25, one of the things God's Spirit does is He shows you the path, He leads you, and He teaches you the truth and guides you in it. And when God teaches you the way to go, uh, the Bible says he, he, he teaches you to profit. So He's not teaching you for the sake of teaching so you can have head knowledge. When you apply those teachings, it always brings profitability. The anointing will teach you. And number three, the anointing will unveil your understanding, enhance your capacity to think. And that we can see in the book of Daniel chapter one. As for these four Hebrew boys, the Bible says, God gave them wisdom and understanding in all literature and knowledge. David prayed in Psalm 119, Lord, enhance, uh, enlarge my heart that I might run the way of your, co your commandments. Enlarge my heart. Another way to say that would be, Lord, stretch out my ability to retain information. Stretch out my ability to retain your word. Stretch out my capacity to understand. Remember, and I, be I believe it's in the book of Luke, Jesus told his disciples, or rather, no, he didn't tell his disciples. I think it's Luke 24. The Bible says, Then God opened up their understandings that they might comprehend. He opened up their understanding so that they might comprehend the scriptures. God can open up your understanding that where you were foolish, where you were considered unwise, maybe you had a low IQ before you came to Christ. I know I didn't have a high IQ before I came to Christ. Uh, there are a lot of people who were not bright people before they came to Christ. But then when the Spirit of God quit your understanding the bible is very clear that he can make he can make your mind operate at a higher level now the bible doesn't say we have an we have another mind if the bible says we have the mind of christ we don't just have another mind we don't have the mind of an angel we have the very mind of christ and christ wasn't stupid and so the anointing in you whatever stupidity there might have been before gets booted out of the door and the the ability to comprehend the ability to understand the ability to receive to acquire knowledge to comprehend the knowledge and to apply the knowledge comes on you through the anointing and you see that in joseph's day 
It's not like he was studied in all the laws of Egypt and all the, the universities of Egypt. And so uh, the Pharaoh just, he stood out from the rest because he aced all his tests. No, the Bible says Pharaoh commended when he was a prisoner. He had never done one course on anything. But Pharaoh commended him and said, can we find so uh, such a man as this in whom is the spirit of God in as much as God has revealed all things to you by the anointing. He can teach you things that could not normally be taught by man. And remember, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, the Bible says that um, what eye has not seen, what ear has never heard, never been taught, what has never been understood in the heart of man, God has for those who love him. And the Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. So understand, God's way is always the highest way. And a lot of people, they love to say, well, how many of you know God's ways are higher than our ways? And as a result, we should never, you know, we're, we're utterly helpless in life and just hope God directs us in the way we should go, but we'll never know his perfect ways. No, God's ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. But the Bible says God has revealed those ways to us by his spirit, for the spirit searches all things, even the very deep things of God. So the deep things of God are available to you and the anointing is what draws those things out and reveals it to your understanding so you can actually benefit from it. So those are three things that the anointing does, and there's so much more. I just did a broadcast. It's on YouTube, archived on YouTube, how to increase and release the anointing. Uh, if you want to know more of the anointing, there's an hour and 45-minute teaching on that, uh, especially in per, uh, pertaining to the ministry and soul winning and uh, setting the captive free and whatnot, and then you know setting yourself free. If, if you feel like you're bound, if you're, if you're depressed, if you're full of anxiety, if you are sick in your body, no matter what it is, the anointing breaks the yoke, destroys the yoke, not even breaks, destroys. Because if something breaks something, it can be repaired. If something destroys it, it's irreparable. The anointing destroys the work of the devil so that it never gets set back up in your life. Whom the sun sets free is free indeed. So I want to go through very quickly four main areas where the anointing uh, will give you exploits no matter the occupation you have. Number one is preachers. If you're assigned to the, uh, an office of ministry, the anointing will cause you to excel. In, Jeremiah said it this way, his word is like a fire shut up in my bones and I can't stay still. Uh, when I get up to preach, no matter how I feel, once that anointing starts to kick in, you know, thing, it's like a river bursting forth from within my belly and it just flows. The word of God flows and people are set free and it's effortless. I can do three, four, five weeks of meetings, which I've done. I've done like four weeks of meetings in a row. And after the four weeks, I'm not burnt out. I'm not tired. I don't need a vacation. I'm actually sad that I have to go home. The anointing is what enables me to do that. Not by might, not by strength. Number two, and this is where I want to focus more on today, is business owners. If you're a business owner, if you're an entrepreneur, uh, the anointing of God can give you ideas and innovative uh, ways and methods to expand that business. And I spoke about it last broad podcast that there's a lady who received uh, by vision. Yeah, I think it was in a dream. She received a recipe uh, for, for a cookie called Heavenly Taste Cookies. And so the anointing came on her to produce that cookie. And to, to, to perfect the ingredients and the amount of ingredients and whatnot. And that cookie is a best. She has a business now. And she gets to do what she loves. She's not some struggling baker. No, she, she's doing very well. Cookies sold in Canada. Cookies sold in the United States. 
uh, and they're very good cookies. That comes by the anointing. Hobby Lobby, the owner of Hobby Lobby, is a Christian, an anointed businessman. He has, you know, in Romans 12, it says that there's a gift of administration, a gift of administration. What do you think that is? That's a gift to do business, a gift to manage properly, a gift to manage a company, to, to be an entrepreneur. And I can tell you, there are people who have a gift in this area and things grow, even if they start small. It doesn't matter even where they are located geographically. The anointing will work and function if you're operating in specifically the task God has called you to operate in and then be if you are in the location God has called you to, it doesn't even matter if God told you to set up an ice shop to sell ice to an Eskimo in Antarctica, the anointing will enable you to succeed in doing that. That's the marvel. That's the, the wonders of the anointing. That's why the Bible says they, he is the God who does wonders. What do you think a wonder is? It's something that makes people wonder, how did he get that thing done? Doesn't make any sense. People complain, especially in the ministry. Well, you know, we're in a tough area and that's why people don't really come to church and, uh, you know, it's a very poor area so offerings aren't the greatest. That's why we've lived in, we've been in this building for so long and uh, you'll notice that our bathrooms are really a mess and uh, we haven't been able to hire someone to clean them because, you know, we live in an area where uh, it, it, it's, it's tough. It's tough here. The anointing enables you to do with ease what would otherwise be very tough without it. Would be impossible. Without the anointing, the task God gives you will be impossible. He that labors, labors in vain unless the Lord builds. So the anointing is God's power building through you. Without it, you're laboring in vain. It's hard. It's tough. So business can be like that. Being an entrepreneur can be like that. But once you locate, number one, the vision God has for you and the, and the business you're going to start, and you know that that's where God's leading you to do it, when you secure the anointing on your life to get it done, the anointing, that's the thing. People have been... Taught that it only has to do with preachers. Only the preacher can be anointed. Only the pastor can be anointed. No. The Bible says in Acts chapter 6 that when uh, there was a problem in the daily distribution of bread in the business that they had set up uh, to, to, to distribute bread to the Hellenists and to the Jews in the church in that time, the apostles were like being taken away from the word and the ministry of prayer. And so they were you know, forsaking what God had assigned them to do in order to serve tables, in order to, to, to give their mind and their time to this business of distributing bread to people. And so what did they say? They said, let us appoint men over this business who are full of the Holy Spirit and of faith. So there's the Holy Spirit can enlighten a man and grace a man with power to do business well. Chick-fil-A is another example of that. I mean, if you look, they're the fastest growing uh, fast food restaurant in the United States. And they don't even open on Sundays. And they're still taking in more money than McDonald's does in, in, a, in a given region. Statistically, they take in more money per store than McDonald's does. And they don't even open on Sunday. And then, you know, if you're open on Sunday in, during football season... Doesn't take a genius to know that you're going to have more profits. But because they've dedicated and consecrated themselves to the Lord, they tithe from their finances. If you didn't know that, they do that. And um, and 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 the 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 the, the founder, Truth Kathy, was an anointed man, and God took him to the top as a result of it. So, business owners, you don't have to do things by yourself. Number three, in your specific career, if you're a salesman, if you're a teacher.
There's an anointing to be a good teacher, even in a secular school. I'm not saying there's an anointing to be a teacher in a Bible college. I'm saying even in a, you would need it a lot more anyways in a secular, secular school, elementary, high school, college, whatever it is. God can anoint you uh, to be an excellent teacher so that you're like the, you're the fan favorite. And you know what happens? People start to like you by the anointing. You have an attractability, an attractiveness because of the anointing. Then they start opening up to you. And then you have a segue now to, to move in with the gospel. Sales. There are anointed salesmen. There are people that can sell, uh, they can sell a pen to a pen salesman. That's even a saying. They have no problem in sales. They have like a gift. And then you have others. The moment they open their mouth, they just repel people. Some people might even come to their car dealer wanting to buy a specific car ready with cash in hand, but because they don't like the salesman, they'll go somewhere else. There's some people like that. Then there's others by the anointing where uh, they don't just sell one car. They develop a relationship with that client so that every car for their family, they go out and they, you know, there's this guy at this Honda dealership. You got to go and see, he's amazing. You got to, and they become an evangelist for you. <laughs> and they're bringing in, they're bringing in, you know, people from their family, people from their work, people, because of how, how great your service was by the anointing. And then number four, there's government. There's an anointing to stand in a place of government. And that's, you can see that in Joshua, uh, in Joshua's day, the Bible says Moses had laid his hands on Joshua, the son of Nun, and the spirit of wisdom came on him, and the people gave heed unto him. You know, one thing, in order to be elected, you have to have the people's ear. The anointing does that. It'll give you strategies, it'll give you a plan of action, it'll give you uh, whatever you need to uh, not only get elected, but stay elected and bring good into the community. We need Holy Spirit-filled governors and politicians and deputies and, and uh, prime ministers and presidents. We need that more than ever. Do we need godly rulers? Why do we say that? Because Proverbs says, when a wicked man is in authority, the people groan. But when the righteous are in authority, there is great glory and there is rejoicing in, in the people. And there's an anointing to do that. Without, you know... It's not how, like I said before, it's not how hard you work. It's just promotion by the anointing. And so I hope, I hope today's podcast helped you out a lot. Um, let me just pray for you before we close up. God will put us a, a specific anointing that will deal with your specific calling and assignment. No matter where God's called you to be. The path to the top will not just be seen, but you'll arrive there by the anointing of God. Father, I pray in Jesus' name, let a fresh anointing, fresh oil come on them. That as you've revealed what they are to do, Lord, the power to get it done comes on them now in Jesus' name. And we thank you for it, Lord. Without you, we can do nothing. But we also know that with Christ, by the anointing, we can do all things because of him who strengthens us. Thanks for tuning in today. Remember, every Monday I'll be releasing one of these podcasts. Don't miss them. Uh, share them as much as you can. And um, I pray you have the best week you ever had. God bless you. Till next time.